Proctor with some announcements before we get into this week's episode. Lambda World is back, taking place in Cadiz, Spain on October 26th and 27th. Early bird tickets are sold out, but student tickets and regular price tickets are still available. For more information, visit www.lambda.world. Code Mesh will be taking place the 8th and 9th of November. The Code Mesh 2017 schedule is now live. With 40 speakers, including four keynotes, there is a talk at Code Mesh 2017 for everyone. Find out what you should be developing for the future, network with top professionals, and get inspired. Speakers from Facebook, Microsoft, Starbucks, CERN, Harvard, Cambridge University, and the Imperial College of London, to name just a few. Hurry, early bird is ending soon. For more details and to register, visit www.codemesh.io. Closure Sync is a new conference by the creator of PurelyFunctional.tv, Eric Normand. Set in New Orleans on February 15th and 16th of 2018, Closure Sync is all about the craft, business, and culture of closure. Go to ClosureSync.com, that's ClosureSync.com, to sign up. Lambda Days 2018 will be taking place February 22nd and 23rd in Krakow, Poland. 2018 Lambda Days Call for Papers is now open. Submit your proposal for a change to join Jose Valim, Feline Hermans, Philip Wadler, Heather Miller, and others on their stage in February. The Call for Talks is open until October 30th, and a research track is available as well. The very last early bird tickets are on sale. Get them while you still can. And if you don't manage to catch the very early bird tickets, don't worry. Early bird ticket sales start on the 1st of October and will last for a month. For more information, to submit your talk proposal and your register, visit www.lambdadays.org. And if you know of any other conferences around functional programming, email contact at functionalgeekery.com and I'll be happy to announce them. Also, some of you have mentioned that you would like to share your support for Functional Geekery. In that vein, Functional Geekery now has a Patreon page. If that is how you would like to show your support, you can find out more at www.patreon.com fngeekery. And a giant virtual hug goes out to all those who are already supporting the podcast. Lastly, if you're enjoying Functional Geekery, please help spread the word. If you would leave a rating and or review on iTunes, or your favorite podcast directory, or even share your favorite episodes on social media, I need your help to spread the word about Functional Geekery. And if there are any guests or topics that you want to hear from or about, please reach out and email guests at functionalgeekery.com, and I'll put them on my notes for future episode ideas. Thank you for listening, and for all your support. Welcome to Functional Geekery. I'm your host, Proctor, and this week with us we have Kiwamu Okabe. Kiwamu, would you mind telling everyone a little bit about yourself? Yes, my name is Kiwamu Okabe. So my career runs the Ricoh Corporation to shape multi-function printer. You know, the copier is a very big architecture. I have some nightmare on a low-level bug on such project. It's a 10-year. So after the nightmare, I'm seeking new technology to shape quality for low-level software, include Unix-like kernel and real-time OS. And so I launched MetaSafe project to find such new technology. So until now, I'm building some demonstration and some research papers. I came across you from the ATS page. I've had some listeners recommend topics on ATS and came across your site, saw you were involved with functional IoT, saw some of the example projects that you were doing, and wanted to find out more. So 
functional IDOD uh, database uh, some joke project. So, you know, Unix like kernel is a big architecture. So then uh, not, uh, it's hard to rewrite with strong type language, you know. Then I believe we should have small step. It means start from small bare metal software, such like real-time OS things. Then functional IoT pool to keep such demonstration program. It's using JHC, ATS, and so today, very fast verifier. So you mentioned working on a big printer and complex system. How did you get into software to begin with? Did you come in through software or the hardware side? It's a good question. It's, I am a OS guy, so NetBSD expert. I believe every code on NetBSD, so I, I have deep knowledge. And also I understand it's complex, right? I have no knowledge for HDL, such like Verilog and VHDL, right? And you start working on these projects. If you get the operating system background, how did that transition to working on some of these projects at the more hardware level? Was that the transition of operating systems to just new hardware? So operating system shaped by two parts. One part is machine-independent software. It means file system or network photo stack. However, you know, just about the part is machine-dependent software. It's a network driver or SD card driver or so bootloader. It's a very similar to real-time OS product center. Such machine-dependent software directly touch machine register, right? So it's very similar, right? Yes. And that's what I wasn't sure. So you did both the hardware and the software side of the operating system versus either a hard hardware side or the straight software side. So you crossed and worked in both areas then. So pardon me, is not clear for me. Mm -hmm. So you worked on both the hardware side of the operating system and the hardware interop as well as some of the software, the operating system part that was independent of the different hardware you ran on? So I'm I'm interested in both sides. However, so functional language is just suitable for machine-independent side. Imagine, so file system, so it's a butterfs, it's sometimes buggy, so it's caused by not captured that invariant thing. So if you capture invariant with proof, such like, so I believe ATS says you easily based on stable file system. However, I think it's a hard to be captured by a proof things. So hardware register touch things, it's a less meaning on proof things, right? And then you were talking about how you worked on some of these problems and they were complex and hard to handle and hard to understand when you got the bugs. And you started to look for the functional languages and wish for the functional languages and those invariants, right? Uh, so invariant have a very wide meaning, such as like model-based development things 
or prove things, or sometimes method. It's a there is many methods and functional language include Haskell and only single method, right? The methods have a limitation shown to cover such wide area invariant, right? Yeah. And if you recognize some of the value of that at least, that you wanted to move towards some of these Haskells and ATS. What was your first exposure to Haskell to know that, hey, it might be nice to run this on hardware or ATS to have something when I write my hardware, you kind of thought back to other functional programming languages. What was the first exposure to some of those languages? So my project have a three iterations. First iteration choose Haskell, second iteration choose ATS, third iteration choose very fast verifier. So why I choose Haskell language first? Because I was Haskell learner. Some person said, if you choose Haskell language, you can delete or remove state from your code. It's a right comment. And so, you know, state is have bad impact for, for invariant easily. That day, I believe if I use Haskell language on bare metal hardware, it can easily re- re- remove state on the such uh, file system driver things. It's called more stable software stack, right? That day, my opinion, right? So where did you first hear about Haskell? Was that in school, at university? It's an amateur program, uh, Haskell language. So I, uh, 26 years ago, in Japan, it's uh, some movement of uh, Haskell language movement. At Tokyo, many programmers are focused to the Haskell language. We have some meetup, and so... We have some published some books, Japanese books. It's a, many people for rush Haskell language. So, so also that, that's ongoing until now. And was that your first functional programming language when you came to Haskell? Was that something brand new to you? Yeah, yeah. Haskell language is perfectly new functional language for me. I didn't run Scheme. And I didn't program all camera, so everything <laughs> is uh, <laughs> everything. That day, I feel some mimic things from Haskell style. So <laughs> it's a continuation. <laughs> it's a, it was very hard for me. What was your feeling about that when you started to get a glimpse of it? You said it was hard. What stood out? What was the big glittering tower that said, I think there's something worth learning about Haskell? A lot of people come in and say it's hard, but you decided to persevere and stick with it and even push it to hardware, which isn't very common. What excited you about Haskell when you first saw it? So Haskell Rang is good side for me, right? So good side... Uh, it's a compiler, not not interpreter is a good thing. And uh, so it can divide things 
onto the pure things and impure. So iOS also is a great thing, right? And also Glasgow Haskell compiler magically Haskell syntax onto the, the continuous passing style binary. So I read Glasgow Haskell compiler code. However, I can't believe one can simplify code. It's a great tower. It's a, so it, it means Glasgow Haskell compiler Babel tower. It's a, so sad. It's a, I have few experience. However, Haskell can easily control parallel pro- programming. It's a, so it's a hope for human society, right? And so the parallel aspect, the continuation passing style, and the separating the pure from the impure with the IO type. Did you have a lot of problems with those before in your languages that you used before you encountered Haskell? And then when you saw these topics, it was that much more appreciated? Or were there some buildups that said, I.O., it's tricky, but I like the idea of that. What was that feeling when you started to hear about these things? So, Pizzlet programming is a nightmare, right? So, I have real experience, but software memory is so much an answer for such parallel programming. And also, pure function is very useful for testing. So, if you shape pure code, the code is an easy test, such like the unit test, such like quick check. If you shape IO things, it means hard to test. So, it is a, it means side effect. So, you program on, on Haskell, you should maximize pure things and Minimize I/O things. It's an um, important thing. So then I would like to like to keep such manner on future, right? And then you start to learn Haskell, and you want to bring it back to hardware and bare metal. What was that first pass at doing that? Was JHC around at that point, or did you have some pre-trials for taking? and saying, how can I put Haskell on bare metal? What was that experience like? Yeah, so GHC is not fast for bare metal things. So I, my first try, shape up Glasgow Haskell compiler output, right? You know, Glasgow Haskell compiler easily output megabyte order the compiled binary. It's not suitable for 100 kilobytes. RAM MCU microcontroller. Then I tried to stream up Glasgow Haskell compiler output. I find 300 kilobyte Fibonacci output <laughs> finally. However, the Glasgow Haskell compiler can't compile the other code such like so computer primes, right? <laughs> it's a so, 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 so disease. <laughs> it's, a, it's not compiler. My stream to Glasgow Haskell compiler only suitable for Fibonacci. <laughs> it's a nonsense, a nonsense method. Then I'm seeking 
a new compiler suitable into 100 kilobyte RAM microcontroller. And then I tried all camera, tried Hamilton, Milton, and SML Sharp, and many compiler. And then finally found JHC Haskell compiler. And with JHC, is that a project that's been around for a while? Or is that still a relatively new project targeting these small output binaries? I really bit JHC Haskell compiler code so magically code. <laughs> so simplify is a simplify process have come try and error process. Some tickets in the simplify IO and so some simplify the other simplify. It's a stick it's a simplified sequence. However, but there is no reason that the sequence simplify on JHC. I believe so John uh, he is the author of JHC Haskell compiler. He only understands the, the simplified, the other human <laughs> understands the simplified for the other human, right? And so you came across JHC, it helps simplify that for you. How did you find taking JHC and applying it to hardware? How was it when you took Haskell and put it onto the bare metal with JHC. When we were talking earlier, you mentioned you did a, one project where you started with JHC. What was that experience like? So first I decided to choosing target microcontroller board. It's a STM32. It's a only 64 kilobyte RAM. And so I'm Compacting this garbage collection of JHC Haskell compiler is suitable for the microcontroller board. And so compacting heap memory. And so I'm defining some naive compact uh, and garbage collection algorithm. And after the garbage collection things, uh, the binary is fit it. And I wonder, because you said that project got stopped and you started working with ATS. Yes. When you were doing the Haskell compared to the ATS, what were some of the things that were nice in the Haskell with GAHC on bare metal before you moved to ATS? Yes. Haskell is a great language. So Haskell can write higher order the function and the type class. The type class is very, very great stuff for us. It's, uh, however, there is negative news. So two sides. Haskell Sank easily eat 100 kilobyte memory. STM32 microcontroller only the 100 kilobyte memory. However, easily it's a keep, right? So it's a, it's a negative thing. And the other thing, you know, garbage collection, it's an impact for real-time software. And also, John can't pay his human resource to focus developing in JHC. So, one hand, I should maintain a JHC Haskell compiler. It's a fourth JHC compiler branch. 
And the other hand, I should shape demonstration code and operating system code. I can't afford to focus on demonstration code and operating system code. Then, then totally, I switched to ATS language. And then you move into ATS. Can you give an overview of ATS for people who haven't heard about it? ATS is a very interesting language. It's a three part. It's a dynamic language and static language and proof language. And so ATS language have dependent types. It means dynamic language depends on static language and proof language depends on static language. Static language can't depend static language. It's a tree. And dynamic language can implement real code, such like C language. And static language can shape some invariant, such like int should be under 5. It's a static language meaning, right? And proof thing is very similar to cock language. However, without tactic. And so proof language has shape such proof things. And it's a very interesting point. Dynamic language and proof language connect with static language. It means proof language can indirectly prove that dynamic language code. It means, for example, if you are pointer to some memory on dynamic language, you can prove the pointer is live or dead, proof live language side. It means you can safely use pointer. It's an at view. It's a source example. And also, you can prove red black tree on <laughs> proof language. It's a little bit mimic, however, it's exciting. And also, ATS language have a three layer. Higher order layer, you can use garbage collection. Middle layer, you can malloc heap. And low level layer, you can implement dynamic code without any keep and garbage collection. It's interesting for me. And when you apply that to the bare metal hardware, things like Arduinos and other hardware, whether it's custom or consumer things. How did you find working with ATS on the hardware? What were some of the benefits and some of the negativity that you had found? First, I should say ATS on Arduino is not my project. That's a student on Boston University, right? It's not my work. So ATS language is a great language. Because it runs without garbage collection and without any heap for malloc and free light. And so, however, sometimes you can use closure on stack allocated and unsafely use. However, sometimes ATS language code is not higher order level, such like Haskell language it have no type class, right? It has template, however, 
but it's not strong to such like type class. So totally, if you choose the ATS language on bare metal hardware, you should write more code than Haskell language. However, it's a more safe. So it gives you more control, but it actually also gives you more safety than if you would just be doing it in C. So you get the control over the stack in the heap that you get in C, but you get a stronger type system and type guarantees then. Yeah. Fortunately, ATS language have no implicit type change, right? Unfortunately, seeing, seeing that easily implicit type shape is me, char to int and into char, it's a danger. Good news is ATS have no such manner. And also you can make more strong types and some algorithm are easily written by ATS language than C language, right? Because it's a strong type system. However, ATS is a great point. It's a proof things. You can apply proof onto it's a dynamic code. It's a great point. And also, I believe some invariant should be captured on such proof things. It's based on dependent on type, right? And then you said that project was kind of set down. You also mentioned, though, in an email of getting this set up, that ATS worked well with a base operating system that had some type constraints and dependent type stuff around it as well? Mm -hmm. I should explain background. Some real-time operating systems have many system states, and, and only API should be called by limited states. It's an invariant, right? ATS language easily captures such invariant. If you miscall API system state, you can see compile time error at ATS compiler. So I believe it's a great, great loop. And so for future, we believe we can write some process and also have own system state manner in Unix like kernel may be captured by ATS proof things, right? You're involved in a lot of these projects and you mentioned you put AJHC aside to work on some of the stuff. How is this stuff progressing? What does it look like? in your view of being able to take functional programming languages and run them on 8-bit or ARM systems and the like, and these microcontroller units. Where are we now? You're doing a lot of proof of concepts based off the things you have found. How does that future look? ATS language is a good language. However, have negative things. So, you know, I believe you are a good Haskell coder. However, learning ATS language is high cost. Also, there are many, many, many C language programmers for low-level programming. However, they are hard to learn new language, such like ATS language. It's a society problem. So 
Please imagine Linux kernel. Linux coder should metacity project enforce them to run this <laughs> language that one year. It's a hard, uh, man, so it needs some billion dollar cost, right? So today I choose a uh, project should be split into two sides. One side is implementer or programmer using C language, and the other side is a prover. So some proof things uh, attach proof things onto C language, right? So it's a seal four. You do, do do you know know seal four? It's a they applying Isabel proof onto C language implementation. It's a very big project. However, it's so heavy. So Isabel proof needs very high human cost, right? Then we choose more weak proof, such like very fast verifier. Very fast can apply some proof pre-post condition style onto C language comment and very fast verifier it compile time. So magically find mistakes. So however, it's but there is bad news. So very fast verifier can't see 99 compatible parser. So it means we can't apply very fast verifier onto Linux like kernel. So we are challenging to replace very fast verifier with Chrome verifier. Then if we get success, we publish some Linux kernel code in uh, include pre-post condition with very fast verifier style. It's um, today's today result, right? And then you covered a lot of the problems that's the social people problems. How does it look like for just the technical aspects? Is that something that is reasonable and we're pretty close? It just takes some effort. So the people who want to play with hardware and do functional programming languages, maybe even in the small scale, is that something from a technical side? What is the distance, even if it's still niche? So first, if you program ATS code, code you feel some adrenaline. <laughs> it's a functional assembler, right? Many code, however, it's a strict. It's a so amazing. However, very fast, very high, I have more good things. One example, functions termination. ATS language can mark some function as uh, termination. However, that function can use unterminated function. So it means ATS termination proof is uh, some have some lag. However, very fast verification, if you own very fast verification, if you mark some function as termination, the function only called terminated function, right? It means perfectly proved termination. So ATS proof things is spotted. Functions behavior, uh, ATS policy, function behavior should prove spotted policy. 
don't think there are functions. However, very fast verifier, if you prove a function, you should prove treat depended on function. Also, you should prove it's a very fast verifier policy. It's a so it's a plus cons. So ATS proof things is a low cost and low impact for human resource. And very fast verifier policy needs large human resource. However, very fast verifier have more safety and ATS proof things is low safety. It's a balance. And I think we're coming up on our time. But to end with, where can people find you online and keep up to date with your projects and your learnings and your prototypes as you start sharing your knowledge? You mentioned at one point, it might have been before we started recording, trying to put out the proof of concepts, prototypes, research papers to talk about how this is possible. Where are the best places for people to find you online and your updates so they can keep up to date if they're interested in this topic. Metasepi.org M-E-T-A-S-E-P-I.org It's the root of my project. Thanks a lot. So look for metasepi.org and that's where we find all the links and the best places to keep up to date and it branches out from there. Yeah. Are there any other places that people should know about? I'll put the links to the ATS language stuff, the GHC, the very fast. Is there any other things that we should reference people towards aside from those and the Metasepi project page? So I believe the Metasepi.org includes any information linked to our product and the relationships, right? If that's good with you, then I'll put those as the places. I'd like to give a giant thank you to David Belcher for the logo. And once again, thank you, Kiwamu, for taking your time to join me today. It was a pleasure talking with you. And thank you for enlightening me a little bit more about the world of static typing and proofs and functional programming on the hardware and bare metal devices. It was very informative, and thanks for giving me some more information on that and how that is progressing. Thanks, too. Until next time, this has been Functional Geekery.